Yep. Hello, and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa. And it's the sexisode. The sexisode. Episode 40. Welcome back, guys. After last week's fun and lighthearted topic, we are here to break the mold. We are here to change it up. Complete 180. Complete. We told you we were back in action, back ready than ever. And let's do this thing. Let's do it. But first, oh. technically today, it'll be a few days after. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Because it's Sunday on the day that we're recording and we have some festive things. Oh, uh, we do. We do. Do we you want to? have. Yeah. Do you want to um, tell the story behind our festive thing? <laughs> yes. So this week's Treat of the Week, which we haven't had in a hot minute, is brought to you by myself. I made it. And it's everything, and they're the cutest little things. Uh, we tried to have a very chill St. Patrick's Day theme party that just kind of flopped a little bit. We went a little too aggressive. And I made vodka-soaked gummy bears, and I made pot of gold jello shots. But the gold didn't really happen because I didn't have gold sprinkles, so they're just, like, rainbow jelly shots, and... They're still cute. They're still cute. It's green jello, Cool Whip, and a little rainbow over them. Yes, and the flavor together is actually pretty. It's like it's a nice, nice little treat, nice little dessert. But you gotta you know? be able to get it all into your mouth, though. Yeah, these cups are hard. It's kind of like, this is kind of like a blowjob shot in a way. Mm-hmm. How fitting! How fitting! <laughs> Look at that! So yes, this week's Treat of the Week, the very first Treat of the Week, brought to you by myself. Should should I attempt to take this like a like a blowjob shot? <laughs> with your mouth only? I think you should. Well, I have to break it up with my finger first. Mm, not worth it. Not worth it. I'm just gonna keep eating the gummy bears like it's cereal. I these are very dangerous because you can't taste any of the vodka. They've pretty much soaked overnight. Now the vodka is gone, and it's fine. Everything is fine. But let's jump right into it. Stop looking at me crazy. I'm eating it with a spoon like it's cereal. I mean, this isn't your first rodeo with these bad boys. Hell no. Nah. So this week, for this week's sex episode, I don't know why we haven't talked about this yet. It's been the one area of the show we haven't dedicated a sex episode I to. I think because as it as it is as a whole, it's also one of those things that people don't regularly talk about. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bit of a taboo subject. Like, I feel like it's around in pop culture. Like, mm-hmm. it's mentioned. Yep. But people don't talk about it in a serious way. It's only recently come into pop culture, and that is masturbation. Everybody does it. Nobody talks about it. People pretend like they don't do it, and they're like, oh, my God, ew, that person masturbates. It's like, no, shut up. Everybody does this. People think it's only males. It's females as well. We all do it. It's like, it's like. Not a dinner table conversation, but people should be talking about it. Not like, not out in the open, like just with a random stranger. Hey, I masturbate, but more of a, you know, a topic if it comes up. 
You shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't be ashamed of talking about it. Uh, there's another podcast that I love uh, done by Remy Casbier, who's a amazing comedian called How Come. And her show, her entire show is about how she's never had an orgasm. And every guest that comes onto her show gives her a task of a way for her to masturbate to, like, find a way to do it. And that's her entire show. And it's hysterical. But they Yo, talk- and you're telling me that she's tried all this stuff so far and nothing has worked? Correct. Oh, my God, this poor girl. I think she has two seasons as well of her show, two or three seasons. I've, I've only recently started listening, so I'm, I'm backtracking from the very first episode on. And it's hysterical, but it's a thing. There are so many people out there who have not achieved that through penetration through masturbation through all of these different means but a lot of it really comes down to knowing your body Mm -hmm. i think that's the first and foremost thing when it comes to anything about sex anything about masturbation you have to know your body and figure out what you like like the one thing that can be difficult is when somebody tells you what to do uh to your body and if it doesn't react well you're kind of seen as like a well if it worked for them why can't it work for me it's not there's not a one size fits all when it comes to masturbation. No, cuz I mean everybody's made differently. Exactly. Um we've been watching a show together now called yes. You want to talk about it? Yes. You're the one uh, that found it. Well, I mean I haven't like watched it, watched it, like really sat down and right. paid full attention, but I did watch it some and I picked up on a lot of things and it is called uh Sex Education. It it's on is, Netflix. Uh, yes, it is a Netflix show. It's set in, I want to say, London. They all have it's the like accent. It's like outside of London. Yes. Um, so the baseline of the show is that this kid, he is the son of a sex therapist. Mm-hmm. His name is Otis. Yes. And um, he and his friends decide that they're going to do sex therapy for well, their classmates or like yeah. be a relationship therapist slash sex therapist. The whole point of their class was for them to start talking about sex in a healthy way because they know when you are in those teenage uh, years, you're you're trying to figure out who you are. And that was one of the big things is talking about sex and figuring out who you are sexually mm-hmm. because it's usually right around the age. People lose their virginity at like 15, 16, 17 or 18, whatever. And are really starting to explore themselves in a way that they probably have never done before. Mm-hmm. And so he starts doing sex therapy on the side. It's him and his classmate Maeve. Yeah. Maeve, so Maeve. he yeah. So he actually does the therapy and she more so finds the patients. She's the business. The quote, the patients. She's getting that brain. Um And actually, ironically, they did cover an episode on masturbation. Yeah. And I, I think it's a great thing to listen to and see and see somebody else kind of go through it. There was a girl, she was having sex with a guy on there, and she was telling this guy to do things to her, and he goes, well, do you like it? And she goes, no, but I know you probably like it. And he goes, I don't want to do something that you don't like. And she was so taken aback. She was so taken aback. She was kind of, like, stuck, and they stopped, and she ended up becoming one of Otis's clients. They start talking about it, and he goes, you need to go home and start getting comfortable with yourself. You have to figure out what you like before you can tell somebody what you think you like mm-hmm. because if you don't know what you like they're definitely not going to know what you like yeah and i mean the yeah it ended up being a really funny scene cause she goes home and she just goes wild mm-hmm. all over the place um and then but she's able to go back to the guy that she was hooking up with um yep. and give him just this list she of stuff that she liked direction direction like yeah. she said go left go right little up 
little down and I was like, damn, you are telling him what to do. But I love that she was so confident about it. You know, that's something good and it's not it's usually seen in a way that if you're confident about what you like, you're almost a little aggressive. And it's like, no, that's not what sex is about. It's about pleasure. It's about finding what pleasures you, finding what pleasures them. And you have to find that somewhere in between balance to make it pleasurable for the both of you. And a lot of that stems back to knowing your own body yeah, and knowing your own self sexually. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you know how things work down there, Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot easier to tell the partner, it's like it's also hard for the partner as well. They can try things that have worked with other people that have yep. worked before, but that doesn't mean that it's going to exactly work with you. And sometimes yeah. it gets frustrating for them sometimes when they that, can't like sometimes that kind of pisses me off is when somebody tries to do the one size fits all during sex. Like that, you know what I mean? It's I get it if it works on a lot of people, but I I can't speak to this cuz I'm in a relationship, but if you do go out and have sex with other people, it's it's tough because you can't you can't just assume everybody's going to like the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's how people fake orgasms. Ah, it is. Because I mean, yeah. Think about it. If you feel bad and, you know, they're about to get off, although you're not and it's about to be over, you know, tell yeah. me you've never faked one before. You can't. I can't say the same. I mean, I, I, I can say the same that I have. Yeah, I have before. Every woman has. I've even known guys who have. Because they were over it. I know, very rare and in between, but I do know men that I have. I want to know how guys fake it, first yeah. of all. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. It, I don't know. I've talked to some guys about it before, and even they've told me, like, yeah, like, sometimes I'm I'm trying to tell them what I like, and they just assume that, and a, a girl or another guy assumes that uh, what they're doing is the right thing, and they're like, no, it's not the right thing, and I do know what I like, and sometimes people are a little afraid to speak up. Because they oh, might I find completely get that they might find their masturbation technique weird, and they might find their sexual preferences weird, and that's not cool either. You know? Yeah. I don't like when people stigmatize it in a way that makes it so you can't talk about it, and I think that's kind of what's happened with masturbation is people have put this big stigma on it that you can't discuss it ever, even with your partner. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think about where the stigma started. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we talked about this earlier. It, it all ties back to the stigma of sex in general before marriage, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, Things always have a weird religious background to it. Yeah, and I, I, I think we were talking about this earlier that um, in religion, I think specifically in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. that masturbation... Um, it's a form of sin. Is a, is a form of sin. And you would go to hell if you masturbated. Yes. Um... Because what what exactly did you did you say earlier? Well, there's a in the Catholic Church they believe that it is another form of sexual activity, and they say that any form of sexual activity uh, that is done before marriage is a sin because sexual activity in a religious sense is only means uh, it's only good to procreate. There should be no pleasure that comes from it, and that that's why you do it when you're married in the church because you want to have children and you want to have a family, and that's what it's meant to be there for. Well, once you throw that rule book out there, sex is a whole new entity. And mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of it stems back to when people were separating church and state. And and they were really kind of going against the grain and looking at, okay, well, how can we... We know we enjoy this, but we've been told for years and years and years that we can't talk about it. We can't talk about sex. We can't talk about masturbation because it's wrong and it's bad. And now... 
we're in a place in society where it is become a part of pop culture. It's in TV shows. It's in movies. It's another podcast like this. It's in people's everyday life. You know, you know, that's why we started the show to talk about the things about everyday life. And this is one of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think too, a lot of people think only men masturbate and that's not true either. That's wrong. Uh, Yeah. That's that's wrong. wrong. (laughs) There are so many, Women out there that do, they're just shamed about talking about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it in general of women and sex, how the relationship is. Mm -hmm. When women have a lot of sex, they're seen as a hoe or a slut or something like Mm -hmm. that. If a woman masturbates a lot, Mm -hmm. there's that fear of she could be seen in that same kind of sense. She's seen in only a sexual way, never Mm -hmm. in a serious way. And it's like, no. You can't do that. There are so many badass women out there that have made it their career. You know, I just spoke about Remy Casimir, who her a lot of her comedy is based on her sex life. And she has this really successful podcast called How Come, um, where she talks about it. There's this other woman who I am obsessed with. She's been deemed the millennial Carrie Bradshaw of our time. Her name is Carly. I can never pronounce her last name, and I'm really going to try. Skiortino. But anyway, she is a sex columnist for Vogue, and she has this show on Viceland that I'm addicted to. It's called Slut Ever. And her show talks about um, a lot of different sexual habits that are her own, and their are uh, sexual habits of other people. She had one episode where she went around to different people and interviewed them because they had some of the most expensive sex toys that are made in the world like this one episode in this one episode there was a guy he like opened up this gold chest and he had like this vibrator for a woman made out of gold like complete actual gold it was like thousands of dollars wow yeah so she's going around and talking to these people about masturbation about sexuality and how it's not gender fluid but a lot of it stemmed from her own life and in this one interview i have this small article pulled up where they talk about it she said You know, my goal is to humanize sexual outliers and investigate frank conversations. And a great gateway is being open about my sex life and slutty history. And I love that, you know? She doesn't care what people think about her. And that's why people love her. Like, she's a phenomenal actress. She's been in so many different things. But they've all been in sex roles. And I... I love that because she she embraces it and she doesn't see it as a bad thing where some other people would see it as a one track career of being an actress. But I'm like, no, she is taking control of her sexuality and she's putting it in a way that destigmatizes it and makes it a little bit more normal to talk about. I love it. There's uh, a couple other people who have taken it in a scientific field. There's one woman. Her name is Nicole Prouse, um, Dr. Nicole Prouse. She is known as the orgasm tracker. She was a, or is a neuroscientist and founder of the Liberos, which is a sex research and biotech company. And she's been looking into orgasmic meditation and high arousal states to understand how sex can improve your daily life and masturbation specifically. That's solid work right there. You know, and people are out there making it their career to understand this part of life that everybody does, but nobody talks about. Yeah. It's 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 weird. I mean, even in science, we are the only creatures. I think dolphins are the other ones. We're the only creatures yep. that have sex for pleasure. Yep. 
all other dolphins are the only other ones. Yeah, dolphins are the only other ones. Every but all all the other creatures out there, they do it just to procreate. Do you think that has a a part to us not wanting to talk about it because we're the only beings aside from dolphins that have pleasure from it? See, I want to say yes. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, we're the only beings, so what the fuck is up? We're we're the only beings, why are we like this? And then Mm -hmm. you can take it back to religious ties. You could say that there was evil evil influences. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, we are also the only creatures that are able to reason as well. True. So... It's it's very it's very strange. It's strange being human. It's really fucked up. It's being very human, strange honestly. being human. Some days I don't like it. I really don't. But you know, at the end of the day, we got to talk about the stuff that makes us uncomfortable. And yeah. for a lot of people, that's masturbation. Yeah. You know, I think a good place to start is just talking about it with your partner, whether you're serious with your partner or it's very casual. It's important because if you can't tell your partner what you like, how are you going to have a good experience? You know. Yeah. I have you ever like run into a situation where your partner didn't want to talk about it or we can even backtrack. Have you ever tried to talk about it with your partner? Um, yes. I have before. Um, in most cases it has gone well. I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been criticized for it. Mm-hmm. In a way my partner has actually liked it. It's it's kind of been a little bit of a turn on for them to know that that's good. I, I invest in that. Um, That's good. But That's a good partner who's open. It's not always been the easiest to talk about. I think because even, of the stigma. Yeah, even even now sometimes I will have a hard time in, like, in the process of hooking up with somebody um, vocalizing what I want. I don't know what, what, what happens, but I just think in my head, they're going to mm-hmm. know. They're going to get there somehow. Right. When I, like, when I could just say right. what I want, but... I don't know. I guess there's like this little fear of being yeah. judged or like they're like in the zone and you don't want to break them in the zone. I don't know. I, I kind of came to a point in my life where I was tired of being a shapeshifter for my sexual partners and only doing stuff and only forming to a way that would please them. And I just said, fuck it. I'm going to tell them the things that I enjoy because then it's going to make it enjoyable for me. I remember though the first time I... I did that with um, with one with a partner, a previous partner. Um, they looked at me and they were like, "Why are you telling me this? Do you not trust me?" And I said, "It's not that I don't trust you. I I'm trusting you enough to tell you about this because I'm I want you to do the things to me that I know will work and I know will make it enjoyable." And he took it super offensively. Really? Oh yeah, it completely backfired. It was like the very first time I was open, um, openly discussing my sexual preferences like that in a way that I, I hadn't done before with a partner and I just remember it backfiring so much and I was so embarrassed and that was like like three or four years ago I remember it vividly because I was embarrassed really and I I oh. don't like that I was embarrassed about it that guy was just a jerk I'm just gonna put it out there oh complete asshole complete asshole if you are not comfortable talking about Mm-hmm. sex with a person you are about to have sex with what are you doing come on like that's yeah. almost hypocritical i mean i have had guys tell me before mm-hmm. what they want and i think that's great because there's no instruction manual to a penis nope so like just like there's no instruction manual to a vagina exactly so 
instead of me kind of guessing and doing things that have worked for other people mm-hmm. before, when you give me those instructions, it's like, all right, mm-hmm. cool. I know this is going to be enjoyable for you, and I won't be, like, wasting time. Exactly. Does that make sense? No, exactly. Um, I think 100%. I Before we kind of came into this week's episode, I, I went around to a couple friends, and I asked them, I'm like, have you ever openly discussed your masturbation habits with your partner? I interviewed seven different people, and only three of them came back and said that they had. And the the four that did not... I said, why? Well, two of them said because they were embarrassed. And I asked, you know, why are you embarrassed? And they said, well, I have to use sex toys to help. And I said, okay, is that just a masturbation? They're like, no, I also need it while I'm having sex. And I said, interesting. Okay, that's normal. Most other couples use some sort of sex toy at some point in their life. And it usually helps pleasure it if it's the right one. And I asked them, I said, why wouldn't you want to tell your partner that that could help you? And they said, well, um... Because then they would feel helpless. And I I was so distraught that they felt their partner would feel helpless because they had a sex toy to did help them. They, did they mention what the toy was? Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to mention what the toy was? Yeah. One of them, one, one of the people, I'm, I'm going to keep their yeah, identities I've, obviously I'm, anonymous, um, anonymous because they really, they opened up in a way that was really interesting. One of them said... Um, a vibrating cock ring really, really helped because that that one. I mean, I I get that one. That that one I get. She goes, it's not necessarily about having a vibrator. She said it was more so when she had used it once before with a guy. It made it so he felt uh, he had a lot more pleasure, and so it made the whole experience more pleasure because he was getting pleasure in a way that he probably never had before. And when they were having sex, it was some of the best sex of their life. And when she asked him to use it again, he said, no. And he said, it felt like you were only using me as a human form of a vibrator. And she said, that's not what this is because she said that, um, her partner was so he was having a lot of pleasure from the experience. He was going a little bit more harder and actually putting himself into it. And she said, it felt like he wasn't going through the motions of sex. And I was like, damn, the motions of sex. And I, I was so curious. And I, I was talking to her and I was like, what do you mean the motions of sex? And she goes, you know, the pump and done. And I said, stop, that is not a thing. Pump and done. I mean, that is low key a thing though. With that some is, guys out there. unfortunately, that is a thing out there. And it just took me aback. And she goes, yeah, once he said that to me, my masturbation went right through the roof because... It was to a point where we weren't even enjoying sex anymore. And the only way that I could enjoy myself is if I was masturbating. I was like, damn, that's a lot. That's like, a lot. That, that makes me sad. Yeah. That makes me sad that she felt her and her partner, the only way they could have sex is going through the motions. That's not what sex is about. No, it's not. It's not at all. And she even told me it was like a casual thing. It wasn't even um, a thing of they were been in a relationship for a long time. It was more like one of those like hookups, the you up type texts at 2 a.m. Uh, yeah, like clockwork. Well, you know what? Just drop him, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Find someone else that exactly. appreciates you. There, I know from experience, there are other men who will listen to you. Yes, there are. So the other person that I was talking to um, to change it up was a guy. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'm ready. Interesting, right? <laughs> and so I was asking him, I said, okay, well, obviously you've told me now you need sex toys to help you when you're having sex. What exactly do you need? And he goes, well, 
I like to use a clit stimulator on a woman before I have sex with her. And I said, what? I was, it was so different to me. I was like, you know, very just intrigued that he would want to pleasure a girl like that first before they have sex. And I, I asked why he goes, well, a lot of times women are not, their clits are not stimulated when they're having sex. It's a, a natural thing. And that's usually when people fake an orgasm. Um, and so he said when I would, he goes, when I would use this on a woman, it would actually help her to achieve what she wanted from sex. And that way we both would be, uh, having a really pleasurable experience. And I said, well, what if the clit stimulator didn't work? And he said, great. I have a lot of other things that would. And I was like, I loved that he did because it made me feel like he was really trying to like pleasure someone. Who is this man? I love him. <laughs> I, like, I cannot reveal that. Or, that, like, that. I cannot reveal. I know. I know you cannot, but uh, I think that's, that's not weird at There's all. There's not a lot of men out there like that. I think that that's really good because yeah. then the girl gets more into it. Well, here's the kicker. So when I said, okay, well, you're obviously doing all these different things to pleasure a woman. Why don't you tell them? And he goes, they look at me like I'm a sex freak. And I, it sucks, but like, I unfortunately could see other women who are closed minded about sex doing that and thinking, oh my God, this guy's gross. He's got a lot of sex toys that he wants to use on me. This is weird. And it's like, is it weird? I don't think so. No. I, but granted, I'm a very open person when it comes to sexuality. I think I get why some people would be put off by it. It's different. Um, it is different, but different is a good thing. But I think it's a very smart strategy because people, people shut down as soon as they get uncomfortable. And I'm sure what happened was these women shut down immediately because they didn't know what to do and, and felt uncomfortable. I mean, I get that. I mean, if if I was just making out with a dude, and then all of a sudden he just pulls something out, he pulls I'm a like, little bag out. I'm like, okay, like, it would be different for <laughs> sure. Like for sure, it would be different. But that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But I and and this, I guess this might just be just me. But if I had it explained to me, I'd be like, oh yeah, sweet, let's let's go. Yeah, you know, because I think, I think it just takes it instead of being closed off to the point that you shut down, mm -hmm. you ask. Yeah. Because if somebody's doing something, there's usually a reason behind what they're doing. Yeah, and I mean, for him, he's 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 really honestly playing it smart. Yep. Um, for women, it's not the easiest thing in the world to orgasm, whereas for men, it is it is easier. It was once explained to me that men are like a microwave, women are like an oven. Yes, that makes total sense. It's very total true. Total sense. I, I, and I have found from my own experience that when I get pleasure first, you know, um, I get more into it mm -hmm. or yeah. Yeah. I get, I get way more into it and I'm yep. like, all right, I got to this point. Let me help you get to this point. Like I think too kind of taking gender out of it if you are somebody who knows you can get pleasure very quickly it's important to make sure the other partner feels like they can get pleasure in not necessarily a quick way but in a good way because um, sometimes it does take a little bit more time to do that and you can't get frustrated you can't get upset it's just the way bodies are and it's the same thing when it comes with masturbation and I think a lot of people get naturally upset too that they can't pleasure themselves and a lot of people don't go the route of exploring with toys and with other things that can help them. But sometimes it is important. Um, I think another topic I was talking about with these people 
I said, do you uh, invest in your sex toys? And out of the seven people, four of them came back and said, no, I buy the cheap stuff. And I, I said, well, why would you buy the cheap stuff? They go, well, it's quick and easy. And if it breaks, I can just toss it and then whatever. And I said, that's not what it's for. I I have the metaphor of, you know, when you want to buy something and you want it to last, you need to put a little money against it. Oh, Sometimes yeah. it costs a little bit more. But it's like a good having a good pair of shoes. It's that old saying, you get what you pay for. Get what you pay for. You yeah. Do. It's like investing in really good shoes. We know here in New York, if we buy a cheap pair of shoes, they're not going to last they're on not these gonna streets. Last. You have to put money behind it. It's the same thing with your sex toys. You have to put money behind your sex toys if you want to end up having pleasure from it and pleasure for a long time. Yes. Not just for a few months and then you're buying the same thing over again. And it and is it is it really that good if it only lasts you a couple months? Damn no. You know? Mm-mm. Hell no. But I also get why people take the cheap way out. It might be easier to get it. Yeah. I mean, the, One the of idea my... of walking into a sex store for some people is is terrifying. I always find it funny when people tell me that the only time they've ever been to a sex store is for a bachelorette party or a bachelor party. Because they wanted to get stuff for a bachelor or a bachelorette. Like, that's so stupid. Like, you should feel comfortable going in there. Don't get me wrong. Some of them can be very intimidating. Some of them are overwhelming. Some of them can be very overwhelming, but there are others out there that are not as overwhelming and intense as you think they would be. You just need mm. to do a little bit of research. It's just like finding a good sex toy. You got to do a little bit of research. In this, I started talking to a couple other people to understand where they're buying their toys. It was like, this has been a whole research thing for like a while though. This hasn't been like a one week type thing. I've always asked people because I've always been curious and I've always wanted to understand other people and how comfortable they were with their sexuality because I'm someone who's very open about mine, but I know a ton of people aren't. So a lot of people I would talk to, they would say they would buy them off Amazon because it was quick, it was easy and not a lot of money. Also to think about it when you're buying it from Amazon on the receipt, it's Amazon. It's Amazon. But even a lot of sex stores now don't even say they're um, oh, really? an erotic shop. No. Like, um, what's the one in the Upper East? There's one in the Upper East. Charlotte in Sex and the City went to it. You know which one I'm talking about. No. There's one. We've been to it together. Oh, it's that one. Oh, it's by the Roosevelt Island tram. Yeah. That one. You know exactly where I'm talking oh, about. Oh, is, is it called the Pleasure Chest? Yes. Okay. But their receipt doesn't say Pleasure Chest. And... There are most sex stores now don't even give you a bag that has any logos on it. It's like mm-hmm. a black bag or a pink bag or a red bag or whatever. Um, anyways, there were a couple other people I wanted to talk about where they buy them from. And they recommended a couple companies that I thought would be great to kind of share here to a couple listeners. Because, one, I like these companies. Um, they're all about owning your sexuality and figuring yourself out. One of them you've actually bought from before. Well, two of them, actually. I've bought from all three. Um, because you never know where your products are coming from. These mm-hmm. are three of the biggest companies out there, and they are usually the easiest places to get a sex toy if you don't feel comfortable going to a store. The first one is called Babeland. Um, they have both stores. Uh, they don't have a, a lot, but they have a couple here in New York City, and there's a couple in Seattle and a couple in L.A., but they're mainly online. But a lot of their products are also in a ton of other sex stores. Babeland is known as a boutique sex store, um, and their founders, I have a, a little thing about them their names are rachel venning and claire cavanaugh both of them have been writing a ton of different books about owning your sexuality as a female specifically about masturbation uh babeland itself used to be called wait for it toys and babeland 
I love it. But they, um, they're a boutique that sells toys, books, films, outfits, you name it. They probably have it. But they do it in a way that is uh, approachable. Their stores are set up like Apple stores where they're very clean, they're very pristine, um, and they're not in your face. So I've always told people if you've ever want to go to a store that's not very in your face, Babeland is definitely your place. It's, have you been to one before? I have. There's one in Soho. So there's one on, I think, 14th Street. I think that's where it's at. Um, something of the sort. But regardless, they, they set it up in a way kind of designed for females that aren't necessarily comfortable about their sexuality and aren't necessarily comfortable about masturbation. And they wanted to make it in a way that women felt comfortable going and finding these products and finding different ways to feel comfortable about it. And I really enjoy that. But they make a lot of products that are sold in different places. The next one a lot of people know is called Love Honey. They are a British company. So obviously, we're here in the States. You got to buy it online. Um, And this is another company that has a ton of stuff that is usually in your local sex store. Um, They, I believe they have put stuff in Spencer's. Oh. Like a Spencer's in the mall. Um, They are known for their gender neutral products um they obviously have stuff both for male uh only male only female but they also have stuff that is um for couples they have stuff for those who identify without a gender um or non-binary they have a lot of really really good stuff out there to make it also in an approachable way yeah and that's that you know that's what it comes down to is just making it approachable for everybody those who are comfortable but most importantly those who are not comfortable just yet because one day you'll get comfortable. It just takes time. Yeah, every everybody has to learn their own mm-hmm. way. Yep. The next company is a little different. Uh, we both have products from here. It's called Pure Romance. A lot of people um, call it the Mary Kay of sex toys because a lot of times you have to have what's called a girls' night in party and you talk to a designated seller. Um, we know one. She's fabulous. She's out in Ohio, and I've still bought products through her because you can either buy them online or you can buy them with um, a designated seller and get a little bit of a discount. They are geared, obviously, more towards females, but because they have these parties as Girls' Night In, they come to your house, you bring your best friends with you, and they do it in a setting that makes you feel safe and that makes you feel comfortable. I remember when you invited me to yours. Yeah, I had one. We had only been friends for a couple months, and I was like... Yep. Okay. And they let the buying be very confidential. You go into it a was separate room with the door closed in a way that makes you feel like you can buy the products that you want without having to tell people. Yeah. And it was it was nice. I was with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. We were laughing. We were able to actually see the products hands on. Yeah. That kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. it was it was an enjoyable experience. I obviously bought some things. <laughs> obviously. obviously. We, we all do. I still <laughs> buy things from them. I think it comes down to you know, there's so many, there are so many people out there who are very comfortable about your sexuality. And if you are amazing, that's something you should own and not be ashamed of. And then those who are not so comfortable with their sexuality yet, these are great companies and great stores to buy products from because they will, they can make you understand your body a little bit better, understand your sexual preferences and ultimately uh, make your next sexual experience a good one. And not one where you regret and not one where you're kind of iffy on. And yeah. I think that's just what matters. That is that is very important. Mm-hmm. Well, before we wrap this episode up, because we're coming up, we have a current event. Um, instead of Would You Rather, we're changing it up, making it different. 
I read this article about a brand new gynecologist clinic that has opened up here in New York known as Tia Clinic, and it has been deemed as the most beautiful gynecologist clinic out there. Um, it was founded by two women who were really uncomfortable about their gynecologist experiences, and they wanted to create a space that felt safe and didn't feel like a doctor's office. Um, so everything they have in there is very bright. It's not necessarily white walls everywhere. They have fun art. Um, they sell recess, which is a sparkling water infused with hemp to make your experience a little bit better. Um, a little bit more about them. They are a membership based women's health practice. They just opened March 7th. So they've only been open for a week and a half at this point. Um, they have heated exam rooms, so that way it's not one of those cold tables that you're normally lying on at a doctor's office and make it like a low-tel. They make it like a luxury hotel experience when you're there because they want you to feel comfortable about going and talking about your sexual health and your reproductive health. We've said it here so many different times that talking about your reproductive health is important, and you should do it in a space that is also important. Um, and they have different rooms here where you can have your exams um, with real doctors. So although it is a membership based health practice started by two women who are not doctors, they have a ton of doctors on site that you can go to who are, um, the regular practicing doctors there. And I'm almost inclined to go here. I love my gynecologist, but I think this thing is beautiful. I mean, look at this. There's nice, like there's the recess sparkling water I was talking about. I really like the idea behind it. Cause I remember when I was in middle school, early high school, when people would talk about the gynecologist, photo of it. just kind of very calming and very yeah. easy and approachable yeah. office. But no, I, I remember when I was, you know, in those in those years of school where that was when people started to go to the gynecologist. Yep. And they're like 16. Yeah. And they would talk about the office. They talk about that thing that they stick in you. Yep. And I was terrified to go getting a pap smear. Yeah. And if I would have been able to go into a place like this, non-traditional, I probably would have felt more comfortable Yep, with my experience. I, I yep. think this is great. It's great for those who aren't so comfortable going into mm -hmm. a health clinic. Um, and it, it makes it in a way, if you do have a little bit of cash, you can, um, can, can go to this and feel open and comfortable and talk about what you want to talk about. One of their founders who started, she had polycystic ovarian syndrome. And she went three years before actually getting diagnosed. And at the time she got diagnosed, she was uncomfortable. She felt helpless. She felt alone. And she um, ended up at first launching a healthcare app called Tia, which in Spanish means aunt. Um, and it was started as an online community for women to get answers about anything and everything about your reproductive health, from talking about really painful sex to missing your birth control pills. Um, and they would answer all the questions themselves, uh, one of both founders, and then eventually directed them to women and physicians and other experts. Within 90 days of launching their app, though, they had 10,000 people on there asking them questions, and eventually they couldn't really keep up. So what they thought about doing was starting an actual doctor's office. And I love that. I think that's incredible. So for those of you in New York, check out Tia Clinic. I think it could be something really... Uh, fruitful and something great for the city and, and great for women everywhere. Yeah. It's good. Well, another good sex episode. Another good, another one. Another one. Another one. 
Our next sex episode in five episodes is going to be a very fun one, so keep up with us because it'll be our first traveling episode. Oh, my God. Would you like to tell the listeners why? Should I tell the listeners why? I think you should give them a little tease. It's a little... mm, mm, How? What would you describe as a good tease? Sabrina recently lost something, and now we have to go out and venture to a certain store, and we are deciding to document the entire experience at this store. Yes. um, In moving... From moving my apartment, somehow I have lost some items. <laughs> I do not know where they some are. items of pleasure. I do not know where they are. We literally don't. I've looked everywhere, um, and now I have to... Now she's got to go and buy some! I And I... This is a big deal for me. Because before, when I bought when I bought items at a party, yes, I was so nervous and so shy and so scared. And now I'm like, I need to go to a store. I need to look at it, hold it in my hands. Mm-hmm. Like I need to Gotta know feel everything about it. Like I will, I will bust open the doors of the <laughs> store. Like I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> so stay tuned for episode 45 to come, where we'll have our first traveling episode. And also, we have our one year anniversary coming up soon we have our live show coming we are still working on details so stay tuned for that we will be sure to tell you guys all about where the tickets um can be found and who our guests are and so many fun things to come for it we're so 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 excited to take you on the journey with us Mm -hmm. well guys once again my name is Alyssa. i'm sabrina and thanks for keeping it together with us this week and we'll see you back next week for episode 41 41 Keeping it together I'm sure it's what it takes to stop me going under Stop the